This episode is co-sponsored by the International Schools Network. ISN is a brave space where you can collaborate, write articles and start discussions across a broad range of key topics within international education. Whether you're a teacher, member of staff or a leader working at an international school, ISN invites you to be part of that conversation. Head over to isn.education to learn more and be part of this incredibly exciting community of educators. Now, let me hand you over to our host, Angela Fares. Hello and welcome to Series 2 of The Educators. I'm absolutely delighted in the first episode to welcome Brian Rogov, who is the Group Chief Executive Officer of XCL Education, a Singapore-headquartered education group focused on providing high-quality K-12 private schools across Southeast Asia. The group currently educates nearly 30,000 students across Singapore, Malaysia and Vietnam, and XCL is backed by TPG Capital and Temisac Holdings. Brian has lived and worked in Asia for over 20 years and spent the past 15 years working with private equity and focused exclusively on education. Prior to partnering with TPG to form XCL, Brian founded A-Star Education in 2016 in partnership with Verlinvest to build a diverse global portfolio of quality education companies. Prior to founding A-Star Education, Brian served as Chief Executive Officer of Asia Pacific for Cognita for over eight years and founded the Stanford American International School in Singapore. Brian has spent the last 13 years focused on driving quality improvement in schools and preparing students for the jobs of tomorrow through innovative curriculum and pedagogical approaches. Brian serves on the board of Reach Higher, a non-profit focused on equity and access to tertiary education for first-generation students, chaired by Michelle Obama. He also serves on the board of Equals Dreams, a Singapore-based non-profit. Since 2017, he has served on the board facilities committee for the Singapore American School. Brian, in addition to all of those accolades, has a BS in economics from Northern Illinois University and an MBA from the University of Chicago. Brian, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome you to the Educators podcast and hello to you in Singapore. Hi, Angela, and it's uh, great to join on this amazing podcast and welcome from dreary Singapore today, both in terms of weather and our, our latest lockdown. So, but I'm glad to be talking to you this morning. Yeah, I know. I'm, it's, it seems to be all around the world is different at the moment. I know Singapore's going through a, a challenging time. So I do wish you all over there all the very best. And I hope it, it goes back to normal or a new normal fairly soon. So, so, Brian, the focus of this series is on thought leaders and change makers in international education. You have quite an impressive array of educational accomplishments under your belt. And the latest is XCL Education, which is your, your newest and, and from, from my point of view, really the most exciting venture. Would you mind telling us a little bit about XCL Education and, and what's so different for you from all the other schools and groups you've, you've worked alongside? Sure, I'd be delighted. So uh, Excel, which we, we pronounce XCL, it's uh, Excel Education is, is a, a group that, that we formed just last year, early last year, as you said, in partnership with TPG and Tomasic, and it was really uh, set out to create a very high quality K-12 education group with, with a focus on Southeast Asia. And in particular, our main focus is on the local populations, you know, within the countries in which we operate. Singapore is probably the exception to that, but here we're really focused on, you know, affordable education and very, very high quality uh, education focused on, you know, students and preparing them for the jobs of tomorrow. 
we, we like to say kind of shape your future, find your way. And that's really about our, our group vision of making sure that every student's learning journey is, is really tailored for their own experience, their own uh, learning path, and really in that preparing them for the jobs of tomorrow. And, and you didn't come from an education background. How, how did you manage to, what was the, the drive for you to focus on education after your BS in economics and then your MBA? Yeah, you know, I, I guess I had a, a very non-traditional journey into the education industry. I, I guess I, I sort of, you know, I, I, accidental, I accidentally stumbled into the education industry. You know, almost 15 years ago, I got into the education industry actually through investments. I invested in a vocational training group focused on the shipping and logistics industry, which is a very far cry from K-12 education. But that then mm-hmm. led me into founding the business for Cognita 2007-2008. In Asia, which was non-existent, and that was really my first foray into, you know, private education. You know, at least for for students between ages of two and eighteen. And I guess I went into it, you know, not with such an altruist mindset, but with more of a commercial mindset initially, just simply looking at the supply and demand of school spaces in Asia and thinking that that was a good commercial opportunity. I think um, where it changed for me probably more significantly in terms of really fundamentally you know, seeing how education can really transform a student's life is when I had kids of my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I, 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 now have, I now have three of them. And, you know, pretty much everything I've done in the last almost 11 years has really been with the thought of, you know, what do I want for my own kids? And, and that, you know, even when I founded the Stanford American School in Singapore many years ago, you know, it was really founded with that mindset of, you know, what, what kind of school do I want my own children to go to? And that was a, a school that was very much focused on, progressive education, you know, soft skills and academic skills. And, and that's really stayed with me for the last, you know, 11 years really is, is how do we, you know, how do I make sure that anything I'm involved with from an educational point of view is very high quality, you know, has the academic skills that students really need for the fundamentals, but how do we also give them, you know, those human skills, the critical thinking, the creativity, the leadership, the grit, you know, self-motivation, and, you know, how do we best set them up for the jobs of tomorrow, which we really don't know what those are today. And that's really shaped everything for me in terms of, I guess, in my educational philosophy the last 10 years. And, and what does that, so what does that look like in, in Excel education, preparing the students for jobs of tomorrow? What kind of programs do you have in place and what kind of skills are, are you focusing on to, to enable them to succeed and be agents of their own success? Well, I guess probably the best way to do that is to maybe give you two specific examples of that. And, and I guess I'll, I'll use Singapore as, as a particular starting point. We have two schools here now, one that we, we recently re- relaunched, which we call the Excel World Academy. And that's a school that, that runs all four IB programs. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's a school that you know will, will only cater to a maximum of 1,600 students, so kind of a real community school. There's about 1,000 students there today. And we just launched a, a program really focused on eSports. Now, to many people, that may sound strange, is how does eSports prepare a student for the jobs of tomorrow? But actually, you, you get a lot out of eSports. And, and you know, if you start with sort of the fundamentals and academic skills, well, the way that we've built the program and we've rolled out the program is in order to participate in the eSports program, you have to have some curriculum fundamentals in STEM courses. So mm-hmm. science, technology, engineering, math. And, and you know, we, we do some uh, checking with uh, the individual students' teachers to make sure that they've got the academic skills that are required. 
then mm -hmm. the second side of that is, you know, the, everything that you would, you know, I would guess you'd call the human skill side of, of what does esports bring, which is, you know, teamwork, uh, adaptability, self-motivation, you know, creativity, leadership, and intertwining those. But then there's a, a broader impact for preparing the students for the jobs of tomorrow with esports, which is, you know, it's a fast burgeoning industry. It, it, there's an entire ecosystem, which is everything from the technical side of, you know, actually writing games and creating code to sports management, to financing, to venture capital, to entrepreneurship. And we've sort of intertwined all those with the esports program that, that we've rolled out there. And, you know, I guess another example of that would be we, we've recently launched a, a new what we call Affordable American School in Singapore, which is called the Excel American Academy. And mm -hmm. that we've created a program called which we, we have called Pioneer Town. And Pioneer Town uh -huh. is actually focused 100 percent on entrepreneurship. And there, you know, it, it, there's a, a series of curriculum uh, and uh, modules that are really focused on, you know, core subjects. At, but however, there's a project that's attached to the end of this program where students can actually participate in, uh, frankly, an open-ended simulation of, of running an actual town. And so they take on, you know, roles like the mayor, different responsibilities of leadership. It's a self-contained economy. You know, they learn things around economics and negotiation and leadership and innovation, commerce. And through that, we also have partnered with some venture capital organizations to allow students to do entrepreneurial pitches. And again, it's still early days in that, but our, our, our hope with that over time is that Pioneer Town ends up becoming a, a little bit like an incubator for students to think about, you know, creating their own companies and, and that could ultimately lead them to create their own jobs of tomorrow. Absolutely. And I mean, it sounds incredible and something I would have loved to have had at school and for my own children. What's the, been the feedback from from parents and from the students themselves on on these initiatives? Well, the esports the e one is inter it's interesting. We, we've rolled that out really about a month and a half ago. And it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I think the, the feedback is, is as expected. It's a bit binary. We, we have, I think, maybe a little over 50 percent that are incredibly enthusiastic. But, but well, mm -hmm. let's put it this way. 100 percent mm -hmm. of the students are enthusiastic. <laughs> and 50% of the parents are enthusiastic. And and part of that is, you, you know, this this interesting challenge, I think, that, that most parents have anyway, which is, you know, balancing screen time. But I, I think as, we, as we've continued to educate parents over the last few weeks about the benefits of this program, we, 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 I would say we've progressively probably moved three quarters of the parents into the highly supportive of the program. Now that they understand it's not about just having their kids gaming it's really learning fundamentals it's learning those academic skills it's learning those soft skills and the other thing that they've also learned you know through a bit of education is you know this is a great pathway for students in the united states right now there are 220 universities that offer scholarships for students uh, for esports programs ucla being one of them but there's at least a, a two dozen schools in the top 50 schools in the united states who offer esports scholarships. So now parents actually see this not only as an opportunity for their kids to learn certain skills, but actually as a way to you know, help them uh, get financial aid uh, through scholarships to universities, through esports. Uh, I mean, I, I have to, to kind of declare an interest here in esports as my as my, my daughter is uh, is working for the the Boston Celtics esports team, and 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 to my complete ignorance about esports until I went to visit her in Boston a couple of years ago, and and was absolutely 
gobsmacked, I think the word is in English, at the the, the size of the industry and the impact of the industry, because it hasn't really yet, I don't think, kind of come over to Europe or maybe into, into Southeast Asia yet. But I mean, it's phenomenal in terms of the size of the business and the opportunities that there are in esports. So personally, I, I I've been blown away by by the whole industry and and the opportunities it gives to students and I'm I'm guessing does it also filter through to your curriculum with things like coding and as you said the the STEM subjects does it all kind of filter through or or drive them through into esports through the curriculum I, it does. And, and as you can imagine, we, it's, it's, it's taking us a bit of time to sort of make sure that there's the right balance of, of how to sort of build that into, you know, each grade level by grade level with progression. But we are starting with kind of the fundamentals, those STEM skills, right? So let's make sure they've got mm. the right science fundamentals, the math fundamentals. Then let's build in some of those, you know, softer skills. You know, let's start getting them involved in teams and leadership. And the way that we've tried to approach this, too, is to do this in a way where it's very professional. So we've actually partnered with a professional esports team called Team Flash, which is based out of Singapore, but actually they, they have champion teams in Vietnam. And so we're actually working with them. Students are actually doing internships within Team Flash to, to sort of get an experience of what is it like working in a professional esports organization. They're helping us with the training and coaching and development. And actually, because we've got the students involved in helping them actually build some of a, what we're calling a, a student-led league, the students will be able to organize their own team. So they'll be able to sort of learn those leadership skills, working with a professional esports team and a professional esports organization to kind of really unpack that. And with the American Academy, which launches next year, we're actually building that coding in from primary school, right? So the moment wow, they start yeah. in grade, well, they'll be in grade two when we, we they'll be doing things like MIT Scratch, which, you know, is kind of mm-hmm. object-oriented programming. Yeah. And then they'll, that'll build so that by the time they get to grade five, which is really our kind of, at the moment, that's our threshold for being, for allowing students to participate in esports. Mm-hmm. Below grade five, we just feel is, is too young right now. So they'll have yeah. built up those skills that they need to the, by the time they're ready to participate, you know, they have a fundamental understanding of how games are made, you know, a little bit of the commerce side so that it becomes a gradual building block. I mean, it all sounds really exciting. What, what's the, the feel in the school? I will come and visit when we can tra- travel to Singapore. But what's the general feel? Look, and the, look forward to welcoming <laughs> you. you. And what's the feel and the buzz in the school around all of this innovation? Well, you know, we were we were really we, we wanted to surprise the students and the parents. And so o- over the summer, which, as you know, is when you do all of your, your magic work compressed mm-hmm. into two very, very short months. And of course, when you're yeah. trying to do that in a, in a COVID year, it's even more challenging. Mm-hmm. But what we did over the summer is we, we took a space that was previously very underutilized in, in the school and we converted it to what we now call the Excel Garage. And that's now, you know, an esports STEM lab, which is very significant. You know, it has a uh, mm. four meter by five meter high resolution LED screen. There's 30 high performance gaming systems. We have wow. two Formula One simulators. We have two aerospace simulators. We've got a robotics lab, an AI lab and a VR lab all intertwined. And that's now the garage. And now students have come back to see the hardware combined with, if you will, the software of the academic program. Yeah. And there's just this crazy buzz around campus. I mean, the students are really excited. We have some parents that are trying to book out the simulators, particularly the F1 simulators <laughs> on the weekend for themselves. So we're, we're, we're finding a lot of parent volunteers who want to be involved yeah. in esports. Let's put it that way. <laughs> all, all the gamers are coming out now. We're finding oh. them in the woodwork. 
But what a great way to create community. I mean, and and focused around that, you know, preparing the students for, for jobs of tomorrow, but also around, you know, things that are really fun and bring everybody together, which is, is, is quite incredible. So congratulations on that. It sounds amazing. And and what are your... Well, thank you. Thank no, you. I mean, yeah, I look, as I said, looking forward to kind of seeing it in, in action. And, and what are your hopes for the future of Excel Education and, and where you would like it to go? Look, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, t- today we're already, you know, a fairly large organization, albeit new. We have 30,000 students. What we want to be able to do is continue to grow our presence across Southeast Asia in, in new jurisdictions where we're not. We also want to focus on providing opportunities for all of our students to have interactions. Now, of course, probably in the near term with COVID, that's going to have to be virtual interactions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're in the process of forming a, a group-wide sports league, an esports league. Yep. So we'll, we started esports in Singapore. We're next moving to Vietnam, which is one of the largest followings of esports in Southeast Asia. We'll then launch that mm-hmm. in Malaysia. So what you'll start to see us doing is a lot more interconnectivity with our schools to allow students more opportunities to collaborate. You know, on, on areas like esports, we, we've also started a program which we call Excel Succeed. And this is actually an opportunity to utilize our teaching resources to provide tutoring and support to our students mm-hmm. outside of school hours. So we, we, we figured out a way to, to support students remotely, which has yeah. been helpful for some students that have actually been trapped overseas. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot more interaction there. And we're also, this program I talked about that we're pioneering, no pun intended, <laughs> at the American Academy, this Pioneerstown, is we really want to build within the organization and with the students a, a sense of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to, to basically move towards over the next couple of years with this more interaction between the schools and the students is to get them to work on projects together. And, and that ultimately is highly reflective of what they'll see in the real world, especially for the jobs of tomorrow. They'll be walk, working across time zones, across countries on, on projects at the same time. And so that's what we're trying to embed with our, with our educational leadership team across the group is how do we provide more of these opportunities for student interaction? And uh, I guess my final question is a more personal question for you and your family. What are your aspirations for your children when they do finally leave your group of schools? Well, you know, I, I would best describe my wife and I as tiger parents. We may not look <laughs> like tiger parents, but we're tiger parents. So we we are, you know, at the moment quite focused. And look, we've got an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and an almost 5-year-old. So they're still pretty young. But yeah. we're focused on making sure they know the basics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Know their math, know know their science, know their, their literacy. They're focusing on Mandarin, obviously, with being in Asia. Mm-hmm. But we're really trying to, particularly working with my 11-year-old right now, we're really trying to work with her to have that, you know, self-confidence and she's she's a budding entrepreneur anyway so I guess it sort of runs in the family but you know how do we really give that self-confidence to all of our kids and those those human skills that are so important how do we make sure that they're growing up with that grit and you know that determination and that you know real confidence in themselves and not not to be afraid to fail and so that's our main focus until they graduate and then we'll try to be as supportive as we can, you know, go into the university that they want to go into. We're not so focused on, you know, they have to go to the top 50. It's where do they want to go that's going to, you know, really get them excited about what they want to do or do they want to go down an entrepreneurial path and follow in their, their, their parents' footsteps. So I think all, all I can do and all I can hope is that they, they uh, have a lot of confidence and, and I think that will take them very, very far in life. Well, Brian, I think certainly that you're setting your own children up to be agents of their own success in the environment you're putting them into in Excel Education. It sounds 
completely right for the world that we're living in today to prepare students for an unknown world really with the confidence and skills and experiences they need. So I'd like to thank you once again for coming on to Educators and for talking through all the amazing initiatives that are happening within your group and really look forward to following your success in the future. Well thanks Angela and look I really look forward to welcoming you, warmly welcoming you to Singapore when borders open. We'd love to take you around and show you what we're doing and it's been a great to be part of your podcast. Great. Thank you so much, Brian, and have a good evening. Thank you. So that was Brian Rogov, Group CEO of XCL Education, coming to us from Singapore. Thank you for your time, Brian. It was great to hear your discussion with Angela. Now, if you'd like to know more about future-proofing your school through strategic development, then contact Angela Fairs, our host, by visiting www.fullcircle-education.co.uk or you can email her directly. It's angelafairs at fullcircle-education.co.uk. And our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. But also, don't forget, this episode was co-sponsored by the International Schools Network. If you're a teacher, member of staff, or a leader working at an international school, ISN invites you to be part of the conversation. Head over to isn.education to learn more and be part of this incredibly exciting community of educators. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.